Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Creative Control of Ishkana podcast is brought to you by you. Virtually all financial support for this show comes from listeners just like you. So please keep Creative Control going by making a flexible monthly donation at patreon.com slash creative control. You'll be glad you did this. Not as glad as me, but still pretty glad. Thank you. Angela. Whoa, 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 Angela Like motel curtains We never really met And cutting our losses Is our best bet And I'll owe you the rest Bill Callahan is a noted songwriter, singer, and musician who currently lives in Austin, Texas. Over the past three decades, Callahan has made some of the most significant rock and folk music of our time, first under the name Smog, and then, since 2007, under his own name. His latest album is called Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest, a wonderfully mesmerizing and reflective double album that Drag City Records released in June of 2019. Bill and I had a chat recently about this new record, his move to Austin, becoming a husband and father and joining a community of parents, the Incredible Hulk, his entry into social media, and more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control. Plus, in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 480th episode of Creative Control, featuring the peerlessly great Bill Callahan with your host, me, Vishkana. I never asked for anything back again. Angela. 
got a garden Don't you mind a little rain Angela Hi Bill, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, it's nice to speak with you again. Uh, where in the world are you today, Bill? I'm in Austin, Texas. Nice, nice. That's your home, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. How long have you been in Austin? I have lived here since 2004, so what's that, 15 years? Yeah, yeah. And and do you, do you recall, <laughs> going back 15 years, what compelled you to move to Austin? I do. It was around 2000 or 2001. I'd passed through here, Drag City, thought they would find out what South by Southwest was all about. And so they had a, I think it was their, yeah, their first showcase thing. And I came for that and that was okay. And then they all, everyone left. And I had an in-store on the Sunday, which was back then used to be a very kind of sparse day for the festival. Hmm. It's kind of like things would kind of end at like one o'clock in the afternoon. and But now it's like, it's a full day. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I played an in-store and on the Sunday and just that felt really good. Like I met more the locals were very friendly, and I got invited to a party. And it's like I lived in Chicago. I was living in Chicago for like six years, and no one had invited me to a party the whole time. I was there. <laughs> so, like, no one um, invited you to a party. That's not nice. I don't. It's a friendly. So I know Chicago is a very friendly and windy city. So I would think the combination would blow you into a party. If that that didn't really make any sense, but still. That's I'm sad for you that no one invited. I you know what? I don't get invited to parties now. You, this is vaguely <laughs> depressing. I didn't even think of that until just now. Yeah. Well, I still went to them. I just wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it fair to say that it sounds to me that that was your all of this was your first ever experience in Austin and you were so smitten with it that you decided to check it out for at least 15 years. Yeah. Well, I I had played a show real like maybe 10 years before that in you know in austin and but that was just kind of a happened once and i never went back and um but yeah so and i couldn't really remember what had happened or where i played or anything so <laughs> yeah i just met it was really just the people like and then it was proven true like when i so i yeah I was still living in Chicago, and I started telling everyone I was moving to Austin, and then that went on for years, and then I didn't I didn't want to be the guy that was always saying he's going to do something and not do it. So I, after three years, I I actually did it. Yeah, and it turned out that like, people were very friendly and no, not a lot of chips on their shoulders or baggage that you might find or frustration that you find in other people in cities kind of like so. <laughs> are, you, are you subtweeting chicago right now <laughs> is it, you weren't invited to parties i think of chicago as being a very social 
music community on some level. But at the same time, I know people are leaving there. Uh, John McIntyre recently relocated to California, actually. Um, and I think of him as someone, I don't, you know, I think of him as having a pivotal role there. Um, maybe it's, I don't know if it's, it marks an exodus that you left when you left and people are, it's a hard city. Chicago is a bit of a harder city to live in than maybe some others. Yeah. Yeah. Just the weather, the weather, uh, the winter weather really Yeah. Yeah. kind of pushed me out. Um, no, it's, it's, I had fun there and it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate the, um, jog down memory lane because, uh, this new record of yours, uh, "Shepherd in a Sheepskin Vest." First of all, congratulations on it, if I might say. I, I, it's it's a remarkable achievement. I've been enjoying a double album uh, that is ambitious, and I and I <laughs> and I think uh, you've really pulled something off for what that's worth. Great. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and it seems to me like I, I asked about some of your your memories and reflections on your trajectory. It seems to me that this is a record. Um, that contains some stock taking of of life, um, perhaps your life. Do you view it as such? Does this record feel particularly autobiographical for you? Yeah, I kind of wanted it to be a little less veiled. I mean, I think all everything that I write or most people write could widely be labeled as autobiographical because it it came from a person and everything that comes from a person is in a way autobiographical, I think. Sure, but sure. as far as like details, I wanted it to be more, yeah, like real details instead of metaphorical details. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a feeling that you've employed characters in your work in the past and, um, I always feel like I hear you in those characters, of course, like you say. I mean, every piece of writing from someone is is steeped in their own being and experience, of course. Um, but this just seems to me to be less of an external character and more of... It feels to me, anyway, that we're getting a bit more of your internal workings than... I'm generalizing, of course, over a long career that you've had. But it feels particularly direct. Like I, it seems that way to me. Is this, Bill? Do I have a problem? Am I misreading this? I think I, it does have that aspect. And I, but with this record, I tried to look at whatever I'm looking at from all different angles, like external, internal. You know, from my family, and then just the world, and looking at the world, and the world looking at me and so i tried to make it universal like that or yeah um, omniversal I, I, um, I mean from from what i understand i i relate to this record a lot and i think um from what i understand you've experienced um great joy of late you're you got married you've had a child uh, i'm married i have two kids uh, you experienced great loss um and i'm sorry i believe you if i'm correct i believe you you lost a parent recently, correct? Yeah, my mom. Yeah, I'm very sorry about this. I went through hell last year myself as my my mother battled uh, cancer. And so on some level, it's put me in a state where temporarily I'm confused. I, I didn't really think of myself as in the middle of 
some lives close to me ending and others emerging. That that's I feel like I'm straddling that weird temporal line. And when I hear lines like yours on this record, like the past has always lied to me. I never said the things I said, or I never was the things I said I was. Um, I don't believe in fate. I believe in destiny. There's this temporal stuff going on here that I, I wonder if it's informed by these circumstances that I, I mentioned earlier, this notion of taking, reflecting on the past, thinking about the present, thinking about the future. Is, I know this is a bit of a loaded question, but I I, I feel <laughs> I've set this one up to be a big one. Uh, <laughs> but um, this, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> is, <laughs> is some of that stuff informing these songs, this this temporal confusion, if you will? Well, I mean, I definitely... I was, I've been handed a real big serving of human life in the last several years of like having a kid and some people dying in my family. And yeah, so it was really, it got, had a lot to, to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I don't, and that stuff, I mean, it's fair to say this stuff is reflected in these songs, right? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to make a record that encompassed all of life, or you know, as grandiose as that sounds, but from the, you know, the beginnings and endings and the middle part, right, and, and the, the young part and the old part, and. Then I wanted to, I felt like there aren't a lot of records about being married and the kid, you know, having a kid. And I was finding it hard to really think about, come up with records that talk about that, you know, maybe like Loudon Wainwright and how terrible a father he was. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I wanted to make something that, was really about all that, but could also be, well, partially for people who have been in that, you know, I think having a kid really linked me to the community for the first time. I understood the value of community, uh, neighborhoods, um, and also like when I see a parent, you know, usually when you see a stranger on the street, and you're like, you know, what, what the hell is that guy's story? Like, <laughs> but if they have a kid, you know, oh, I know like a little bit. I know your story a little bit. I know like a little bit of what you go through. You know, even though kids, you know, all kid, there's lots of different types of kids and lots of different types of parenting, but there's still there's a common bond of just knowing a little bit about that person's joys and struggles. Mm. So they made the record for the parents and also for, I wanted like people who don't have kids, maybe this will give them, give them some kind of idea about what it's like. You know, there's a weird thing when you become a parent where you, whatever your public platform is, you become a little bit of a 
cheerleader for parenting, uh, <laughs> a little bit of an instructor or like you want to, I know that, you know, in the social media age, if I shared a little anecdote or a photo of my kid, uh, my son particularly was really into music early because he liked his dad and wanted to be like his dad still does. Um, I, I heard from other parents saying, my God, I never thought to sing my kid a song by the replacements. I just, ne- I always thought, I thought it would just be Raffi or whatever. And, and so that taught me a little bit about what I think what you're saying, like there's kind of this bond you have as a parent and it's almost a responsibility to other parents. Uh, we're in this together and, and, uh, you know, emerging parents, if you will, or new parents that so you, you felt, you felt like you wanted to share some things to maybe help people along. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I, f- I feel that like outside of the record, I'm not sure if that's in the record, but I definitely, but I feel that like in, in my life, you know, and the other day I went to a party with, at an adult party with, you know, kids were there and, were you invited to this party? <laughs> I was. This okay. is Austin. <laughs> um, and I like you know lately our our son has taken to sleeping in our bed, which is not ideal situation. But it's yeah, it I really thought, it really sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were like alone, but then in that predicament, but then kind of brought it up at the party and then the the two other parents that I was talking to were like, yep, yeah, ours does too. Mm. Yeah, just things like that where that's... Uh, yeah, so that's the community uh, aspect of things that you're discussing. Like when, you, when you're a parent and you're all at the swimming lessons, there's a vibe. You share a vibe <laughs> or whatever. I think that's what you... Yeah. That's just a new experience. How, sorry, how old is your son? Four. Four. So you're experiencing these feel these collective feelings with a whole other cohort of people that you were you ever like did you ever think in your life, I'm not gonna have a kid? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, for like the first forty nine years. <laughs> <laughs> but something changed. What changed? Um, I think I met the person that I was supposed to meet and have kids with, you know. Hmm. Once I met my wife, it was like I didn't even have to think about it. I was just like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have a, we should have a kid too, because it just made sense, and I didn't, even, I didn't even have to wrestle with it or anything. It's just like, yep, this is gonna happen. Well, one of the things on the record that I really appreciate is is just how you seem to be contemplating the role of fatherhood. There's a song called. Um, Black Dog on the Beach, and in that song, a lion leaves a family crest, and then on Watch Me Get Married, a lion returns to the family crest, and I don't mean to do an English class reading of your songs, but that struck me as, is like, is the lion represented some kind of fatherhood uh, figure um, to me, and when when I hear that, are you, is that something you're trying to grapple with, going, you know, you've gone from being a son to being a dad, um, that's a huge change. Uh, among the changes on this record, that's a huge one. Um, are you contemplating that more, both on this record and in your life, just what it means to be a dad? Yeah, I mean, I think I know what it means to be a dad. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> you just uh, 
do everything for somebody and, until they go to sleep, and then you start again when when they wake up. <laughs> Thanks for the impromptu manual. I I'm I've been doing some of that right. I think. <laughs> Did you have that for yourself um, in terms of a father figure? My dad was not that interested in being a dad. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's admitted that much and, um, yeah, he was just kind of focused on himself and his career and yeah. So, I mean, and that's all stuff that I kind of, I had a lot of feelings about that when I was in my twenties. Yeah. But then there's a, a point where you just have to say the past is the past and you know especially when you're a grown-up kid it's like well can't do anything about that mm. and let's i just move on kind of so um yeah i don't feel like i'm not one of those dads who's like ah, my my dad never did this for me so i'm gonna do it for you you know like huh. i'm not very conscious not to be that 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 guy okay that's it. So it, it doesn't. Your own experience as a child does not inform necessarily how you interact or or behave as a as a parent. I mean, I'm sure it does. I well, I just can't help myself. Like I'm I am drawn to my son. You know, I'm yeah. when he's gone. When I haven't seen him for a couple of hours, I'm like, uh, let me go. Like I want to go play with him, or, or you know, I just. I just have this, it's a natural, I like people, I'm drawn to people, and then the kid is a special person that's developing every minute, and so I, it's, it's. I'm just drawn to it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> There's a song called The Ballad of the Hulk. Am I saying that's correct? I believe that's the right title. <laughs> it's Ballad. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. The Ballad. I, uh, and I I knew I was saying it wrong. So, <laughs> The Ballad of the Hulk, and I found that striking to, as a, as a again, relating to this record, as both a father uh, who uh, has experienced um, a temperamental shift uh, <laughs> and also experienced my kids having their own tantrums uh, that rage. I, I know you're mostly reflecting on an old TV show, I think uh, maybe from your own childhood, but do you see a parallel with the Hulk and being both a kid who <laughs> is uh, dealing with their own agency and, and lack of control and maybe even as a dad being like, why am I losing my temper over nothing? I, I deal with I, this I don't mean to make this a therapy session about me, but it is it is something I've, I'm like the only person, people, I generally raise my voice to are my children. And when I think back, and my wife will be like, you're yelling at them for that? Like, that's nothing. Why are you yelling? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I've turned into the Hulk. Does that resonate with you? <laughs> well, the Hulk for me is, at least I haven't seen all the recent, movies uh where he's making a comeback my relationship with the hulk is is bill bixby from the tv show mm -hmm. and he was like all superheroes you know he was fighting for good and 
so he would always get angry, but it wasn't at when his son uh, <laughs> drew, used a crayon on the kitchen wall. And right, put, right. <laughs> it was. It was like for for he his anger was to make a better world. You know, anyone who was doing something corrupt or you know illicit, he would he would see that and he would fly into a rage. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's like, uh, in that song, I was kind of pondering, what if I had, instead of bending like a willow tree, what if I had gotten angry in some situations in the last, you know, 40 years? Um, maybe that would have been better because I would have made my world a better place, you know. You're kind of standing but, up for yourself? Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Huh, that's fascinating. You're not, and you're not keeping tabs on. You haven't been to see uh, Avengers Endgame or something. No, I haven't. Okay, I just wondered. I, the, the Bill, Bix, did you watch the Fall Guy? That was you're you got a decade on me, I think uh, there, Bill. But I, I used to watch that Hulk show all the time, uh, and then I used to watch the Fall Guy. Did you ever watch the Fall Guy with Lee Majors? I didn't. Oh, I watched Six Million Dollar Man, which was oh yeah, previous thing. Fall guy. He was he a stunt man? Yeah, he was a stunt man, and um, Heather Thomas made an impression on me. <laughs> she was like the actress on the show, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Uh, but yeah, no, I just went. You, are you generally drawn to superhero stories? I, I mean, probably more than I would want to admit <laughs> on, on podcast. <laughs> Why um, why are you why are you guarded about your superhero fandom? Well, no, I guess now it's it's so it's mainstream like every those are the biggest movies and it used to be like just for 30-year-old virgins, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> right. And kids, but I mean, I I look at it as just myths like all of our Greek myths, you know, it's it's a lot of the same stories and so yeah i i can definitely get down with it you know it's but like i said i haven't i don't see the movies yeah i really i understand i one of the aspects of parenthood that i think sometimes people don't recognize is that you end up a little bit anyway because of the media that your kids consume books and shows you end 
in a weird way, reliving your own childhood, um, I found. Have you found that? Like you're you're kind of immersing yourself in, in you know, it can be there it can be their stories and it's not necessarily you dusting off your old books from when you were a kid or the, the, the characters, but have you found that that you kind of relive like when you're raising a child, you're kind of some aspect of your own childhood is sort of back in your life? Yeah, I mean, I he my kid watches Sesame Street and reads some of you know we have some of the same books that I read when I was little, hmm. but there was so much. I feel like when I was a kid, I had like three books and there was one TV show, you know. And, yeah, and now of course. It's like, right. There's like literally five hundred kids shows in production and available at any time. So. But yeah, it's kind of cool to go back and, which I liked a lot when I was little. Yeah, just it, it is kind of it's fun. It's sort of strange, <laughs> in terms of temporality, that you, you kind of have to have this appreciation for, cartoon shows. And then he really wants to know, my kid anyway, really wants to know where I came from. So we end up watching some of my old cartoon shows if I can find them. Um, so it's just it's kind of fascinating. It's a fascinating thing raising children i think you learn a lot about have you are you learning a lot about yourself in this process of like watching tv with my kid <laughs> <laughs> no being a parent i find like you you learn things about yourself that maybe you didn't really contemplate before because they're little reflections of you i find so you see the good and the bad about yourself and or i do anyway i see the good and the bad about myself and my children have you found that well uh really what i've I've found is that it's like having two, I'm, I'm two people and I, you know, we all have, it's, we all have our desires and our anger and emotions that, you know, but when a kid, a kid doesn't have any control over those and the parent is, you know, I was, I think being a, a human is difficult enough (laughs) <laughs> you know like with the way our brains are and you know it can be hard to get through the day without like you know eating a whole pan of brownies or whatever <laughs> you're, you know like but then when you have a kid it's like but you have some you have some control over that hopefully and then but when you're a kid all those desires and emotions they're also like I am in control of dealing with those for him because he doesn't know about self-control exactly. And that's the most like mind-blowing and taxing part of... I don't really see... When I see him... I feel like I remember what it was like to be a kid and to just like run around the house and like jump off things and... Mm-hmm trip pretend to trip and fall and all that i see those same joys in him but i don't see them as a reflection of myself i think it's just child nature okay okay uh i want to talk about some of the the musical aspects and maybe production aspects of this record in a moment but uh, because we we've obviously talked a lot about themes i'm seeing uh lyrically but i do need to ask about this because you invoke a shepherd wearing a sheepskin vest which is just you know that's just very funny 
<laughs> in the context of a record that invokes notions of providing for a family, protecting a family, that struck me as funny. Where does that, or what, what inspired that imagery for you? I'm not sure like exactly where I, it's kind of a rhythmic, a rhythmic phrase that popped into my head. And, and then I had to figure out what it meant. So it just seemed to be a very flexible, like the shepherd is sort of either becoming part of its flock or it's also obviously he you know killed and skinned the the sheep so it's kind of about like nurturing and also destroying um at the same time it's just bull image huh uh, that's an interesting meditation on power on some level yeah <laughs> i mean it <laughs> I don't know why, and as an afterthought, it seemed to, or it seemed to like it could be about uh, Trump. Aha, <laughs> aha. Uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Even uh-huh. though, you know, so it just seemed to like it's a rich image for me that I think is can be uh, interpret or applied to different different things. Hmm, that's fascinating. That's that's interesting that you say that. I'll um. That's going to make me think about the record in different ways, I think, um, <laughs> on some level. I guess you don't want to be too heavy-handed about that kind of stuff. No, this, this is too much <laughs> politics going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I view the record as, as being um, realistic about life and the joy. That, there's a line here that where you sing what comes after certainty, which I thought was interesting, because my in my head... I thought the answer was doubt, which maybe says more about me than you, because the other answer might be joy. Um, anyway, I, that it's, it's yeah. I'm just there's a tension on this record between those things, and I, I think that's fascinating. It seems to be reflective of your life and what's going on in the world. It seems to be both. I, I sorry, we've been a bit myopic about this just being about you being a dad and a, a husband, yeah. but there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I mean, I also. Don't you get sick of talking about parenting sometimes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, I do, and I know. It's some... Like, let's talk. Let's talk about. <laughs> yes, yeah, sometimes I want to talk about something else, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're I, I there's a the music on this record is 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 really beautiful and fascinating in itself. I'm in the first piece, uh, Shepherd's Welcome. There's this ancient distortion that I found interesting, uh, and I thought maybe an allusion to Lead Belly's Where Did You Sleep. Is any of that accurate? Do you say Asian distortion? I said, uh, <laughs> that's my, yeah, that's just a bias I have towards all distortion, given my heritage. No, uh, I said ancient, ancient distortion. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was like, I need an Asian Asian distortion pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I could loan you mine. That's about the best I can do. It's close. It's been... <laughs> no, I, there's this moment that it sounds like a field recording. And uh, you know what I'm right. talking about, of course, but for people who don't. It, and then it bleeds into, let's say, contemporary recording techniques. I just wonder what was going on there. Yeah, and then it flips back to the ancient at uh at the very end like right. the last 
Yeah, it was weird. That song was, when I wrote it, it was it's very kind of short and succinct, and it's supposed to be an intro thing to the record, but it just wasn't. There was something just wasn't happening. Like when we listen back to it, it just the dynamic wasn't getting across, and so I think we just experimented with, you know, putting it. I think you know the first part of the song is just put through an old or a tiny little amp thing to make it sound like an old record. Yeah, and somehow that. And then with the change into the clarity part, it somehow just made the dynamic of the narrative like engaging and just, yeah, it seemed to function like that. And yeah, it could also be seen as a reference to the those old you know, black girl, hmm. where did you sleep uh, version. Yeah, you mentioned the pines and you actually say, where did you sleep? And I and I those two things caught my ear. That's all. Yeah, I mean it's definitely side one of the record is about the past and the inner world that we have we have, and so it it also fit into that aspect. You, you mentioned side one. This is there are four sides to this record. There's not two sides. There's four. Do you want to illuminate what? what the other sides might be if the first one's kind of about the past? Let me look at this list. Of, i got a list here. <laughs> you have a list of prepared answers to questions like this? Is that what you're referencing? <laughs> yeah. I, well, you sent them to me weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, it's like, so yeah, let's see, side one is inter- like the internal world and the past and and side two is more is like about new beginnings and births. Yeah. And then side three is more like what comes after certainty. I mean, side two ends with that song, what comes after certainty. And then side three is about like what comes what comes after certainty it's about like after having the perfect marriage and kid and then like now what so right, that's what right and then death starts working its way in towards the end and yeah and then the side four is just about the big picture of letting go and Walking through the lonesome valley, mm. You know, mm. and then the future with, you know, just it's kind of like a big side four is big, the big picture, right? <laughs> okay, no, I appreciate the roadmap. Um, I think some of that for me, anyway, is is evident in listening, yeah, and and uh, hopefully it's evident to you that I picked up on some of those things in the line of questioning. So it's there, it's evident. Well, anyway, it's a remarkable record. And there's a lot going on. Before we end, I want to ask you about Twitter because um, it's so much fun, first of all. 
the last time you and I spoke, we had a, a good run of conversation about our mutual love of David Letterman and the Larry Sanders show, which got us talking about comedy. And you're very funny on Twitter, if I might say, Bill. Are you okay uh, with me saying that? Do you feel okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you you acknowledge that you might be funny. <laughs> I might be. <laughs> There's great jokes on this record, too. I want people to... The, you know, the motel curtain not meeting and all that. Anyway, there's lots of... I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. There's just great jokes on here. Tell me why you joined Twitter. Was it was it for comedy? What what made you want to join Twitter? Because it's a relatively recent phenomenon and you're already doing so well. well what was what was it about Twitter that made you <laughs> want to, to get on there? Well, I've heard social media is all the rage. I wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> does it represent a different you're opening yourself there's a narrative around your this record and you that you're opening up more and maybe twitter and social joining social media is some reflection of that do you feel that yeah um i'm still like kind of feeling my way through what how what my role is in in this type of thing uh, really, the big revelation for me was like kind of hating Instagram and all the fucking pictures of <laughs> me of meals and beaches and dogs and kids and but then realizing like Twitter is just at least when I started out, it's just words, it's just sentences, and I love language and I love communication. I love words. If I didn't already say that, and you said you like words so much, you just kept saying it over and over. Again. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, well, it's just it's writing basically, and I love, I like writing. Yeah, and so, um, it kind of took on this different cast when I started thinking about it like that. And it's, I go through periods of hating it and then kind of being kind of obsessed with it and then really hating it after that. <laughs> and then, uh, then it kind of just evened out to like something that is a tiny part of my life, you know. So, yeah, it's just like something fun and <laughs> well, yeah. I don't I didn't mean to delve too deeply into this decision I it, it's where it's taken on a gravity your response uh, that I didn't expect but I, it's, yeah I'm just intrigued by it, it um, that's all you're, you're hashtag great at Twitter that's all I meant to say <laughs> yeah oh well that's no I, mean, I guess I, I I am the type of guy that takes everything seriously so <laughs> <laughs> so um We've talked about this record, and I'm just curious about your future plans. Um, you've given us a double record. That's a lot of content after, uh, for you anyway, quite a, a longer time between records. Are you contemplating a next record already? Uh, are you contemplating a ne next batch of songs? Yeah, I've, I'm already working on on some new, new stuff. Okay, okay. So uh, in the writing process still? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's informed by 
we'll find out, I suppose, what it's informed by. Yeah, I just I think I kind of had a a backlog because it had been so long since between records and once I opened the floodgates successfully <laughs> uh you know now they are open again so okay all right it's just yeah <laughs> so people can learn more about this new record at dragcity.com um in terms of following you on twitter uh what's your uh, handle again at bill calaman that's right i just wanted to make sure it was <sighs> calaman not callahan uh okay and um yeah that's great. I think people should do that. They should follow you. Should they should go get the record? Um, is there a song from this record that we can play for people right now? Anything you'd select for us, Bill? How about? Well, I don't know. How do we want to end this? <laughs> We've talked about a lot of different things. I don't mean to check in so late. Did you enjoy the conversation? Was it okay for you, Bill? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, it's it it's too late to do anything about it now. I, I realize that, but I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, that's nice of you to ask, but um, you are always a very uh, chipper, and <laughs> <laughs> I was not fishing, by the way. I <laughs> I just uh, wanted to check in. That's all. And in terms of stuff we covered, we did cover a lot. So I think. There's songs on here that maybe... Is that what you're thinking? Like, what song reflects or captures something we talked about? Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, just sort of, yeah, the tone, like, the tone of this conversation and then... But really, the uh, I love uh, what comes after certainty. I would be... Uh, I don't know if other people do, because it's like, it's the quietest... Um, sparsest song on the record and uh, I would like to hear that right now okay well it's a lovely song and I, I want to play it too this is what comes after certainty from uh, Shepherd in a sheepskin vest by Bill Callahan Bill thank you so much again for your time and uh, for being with with me and, and being on the show and uh, uh, best of luck with everything going forward okay great good to talk to you I'll talk to you later Certainty And what comes after certainty A world of mystery I stood on the surf in Kauai While my love videoed me Passenger is the driver in ecstasy. And God's face 
on the water. Though plain to see, still hard to read. Well, I never thought I'd make it this far. Little old house, recent model car, and I got the woman of my dreams. An imitation Eames, and I signed Willie's guitar. He sang, "Hey, good looking, what you got cooking?" And I signed Willie's guitar when he wasn't looking. Well, I don't believe in fate. I believe in destiny. Whoa, 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 my destiny is swerving in the road in front of me, drunkenly. When you take responsibility for your own divinity. Certainty. And what comes after certainty? What a thrill that was for me. That was Bill Callahan on the 480th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, you've heard about something and it's not there, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. That's spelled exactly how it sounds vishkana.com you can like creative control on facebook follow the show on twitter at vishcreative or follow me directly on twitter at vishkana again vishkana spelled exactly exactly how it sounds listen to a radio show version of creative control on wednesdays at noon eastern standard time around the world at cfru.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 fm if you're in or near guelph also, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. It's a it's a modest Patreon. It's not enough, really, to keep the, the podcast going as a you know full-time job. It w- I wish it were, but it's not. Maybe it never will be, and, and you know maybe that's just the way it's got to be. But still, if you'd like to keep the podcast going, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol and make that flexible monthly donation. 
Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support of the show. And if you're wondering what that consists of, it's uh, free pizza, free coffee, free donuts, and uh, books and movies from The Bookshelf. It's fun. It's fine with me. It's something. Thanks, too, to Jim Guthrie. He lets me use an instrumental version of one of his songs on the show each week. Go to jimguthrie.org for more info about him. And thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode with Bill Callahan and any other episodes that you've checked out before. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, I hope you check out other episodes uh, because they're there waiting to be discovered, I suppose. And uh, yeah, that's it. Please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And, And that's it. More great episodes to come, I hope. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.